we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. Matthew 5 and 27, he said, Ye have heard that it was said by them of old, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. How many of you know that's extreme? So to keep from doing that, if your right eye offend you, pluck it out and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. Better to go to Go to heaven with one eye than to go to hell with both. If thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee. Cut your hand off. Use the other hand to throw that hand away from you. <laughs> That's the only way you go cast it. <laughs> you got to be pretty tough. To cut your hand off and then cast it away from you. <laughs> for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish. And not that the whole body should be cast in hell. So it's better to go to heaven with one arm, one hand, than two hands going to hell. It has been said, whoever puts, shall put away his wife. Let him give her a writing of divorce. This is what Moses taught him. He said, but I'm saying unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causes her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. You know, these folks was looking like, huh? <laughs> Again, you've heard that it hath been said by them of old, thou shalt not forswear thyself. But thou shalt perform unto the Lord thine oath. So you don't swear to nothing. But I'm saying unto you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne. So don't be saying, oh, uh, to God, and by God I'm going to do this. And by, don't swear to God. That's his throne. Don't swear to anything in the earth, for it is his footstool. Neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of of great king. I promise by the, the, the greatness of Jerusalem that I'm going to pay you back. That's what they were doing. Neither shall I swear by thy head because thou canst make one hair white or black. I mean, they can now. But they couldn't back then. There was no black ice. There was no they didn't have black ice with the apostles. But let your communication be yea and nay, for whatever is more than these cometh of evil. So don't swear any oath at all. What about the Pledge of Allegiance? I, you know, people text me that all the time. I'm going to the military. I mean, I got to take an oath. I mean, they, they reading these scriptures and taking it literally. They're not understanding what he's saying. Ye have heard that it's been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. I Meaning somebody take your eye out, you take theirs. Or if they bust you in the mouth and your tooth fall out, they have to give you theirs. <laughs> but I say unto you that ye shall not resist evil. Let evil happen. Whatsoever shall, whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn and give him the other one. And if any man will sue thee at law and take away your coat, let him have thy cloak 
also. Overcoat. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him too. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not away. People that take this literally, that means anybody asks you for something, you got to give it to them. Anybody asks to borrow something, you got to give it to them. Anyone. Anyone. Because he said do it. You have heard that it has been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. This is the hardest one in the world. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That ye may be children of your father which is in heaven for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good. Meaning he's permitting all of it to go on so you have to have a tolerance for it too. He sendeth rain on the just and on the what? Unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans do the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what do, do ye more than others? You know better than anyone. Everyone does that. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father is in heaven is what? Perfect. Now that, that's the phrase that made me write this sermon, uh, Elder. That phrase. Because out of everything he said so far, that one, I'm like, be perfect like the Father in heaven is perfect. Take heed. Ye do not your arms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when you do thine arms or when you help people out, don't sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the street, that they may uh, have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest thy arm, arms, do, uh, let not the left hand know what the right hand doeth. Can the left hand know what the right hand is doing? Does that even make sense? How does a left hand watch a right hand and say, shh? <laughs> Thine arms may be in secret, and the Father seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as a hypocrite, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the street, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. Take this literally. You got to always look for a closet before you talk to the Lord. Enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut the door, pray to the Father which is in secret, that thy Father which is in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of. What? Before you ask. So Jesus, y'all heard, now this is the most extreme stuff this is, this is extreme language. Amen? But Jesus is speaking in what? Hyperboles. Okay? Have y'all had that class in homeschool yet? Okay. okay, the hyperboles. These are exaggerated statements. An example, my backpack weighs a ton. Anybody say exaggerated? It's hotter than fire out here. Yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all use that language. Yeah, I'm so hungry I could eat a horse. Yeah. So are you lying when you say that? No. 
If you're lining at the hole, everybody needs to repent. Come on, PJ, get back on the organ. Because we all say that. We all talk like that. That's exaggerated statements to let you know the severity of what it is that we are talking about. Right. I love you more than life itself. No, you don't. You can't. How do you love somebody more than life? You don't know what no life feels like. You mean the world to me. Say that when you're mad. You don't mean the world to me right now. Not this world. So these are things we say. They're exaggerated statements. They're hyperboles. Jesus spoke in hyperboles. Now, this is going to get, well, I'm already in trouble. I stay in trouble. But folks get in trouble. That's going to make me, you know, that's going to give them something else because most law-keeping doctrines take Christ literally. They try to live up to all of these. Anybody know somebody like that? Not even law-keeping, just somebody that took all this literally. And they, I mean, I know people that have, I mean, they, they, they won't even pray unless they go into a prayer closet. Because Jesus said, don't pray anywhere but a prayer closet. Yeah. yeah. Or if you divorce somebody, that's the one. You divorce somebody, then you living in adultery. And you can't get out unless you leave that person and go marry the person you divorced before. But now you got two divorced people. <laughs> yeah. Or if you look upon a woman and desire her. You've committed adultery already, so you might as well go on and sleep with her. It's the same punishment. No, it's not. No, it's not. I'm already in the sin zone. I might as well just go on and... Mm-mm. That's not how it works. Jesus is dealing in hyperboles. Many times when people are newly converted to Christianity, they fall victim to living out the extreme language of Jesus' hyperboles. Jesus used parables, metaphors, and hyperboles to drive home points with extreme emphasis. Are y'all with me? It is the spirit that quickeneth, uh, John 6 and 63 says, the flesh profited nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are what? Spirit and life. What he's saying, the words I speak to you are God's words. They are perfect. Okay? So this is the way God sees things. God sees you when you lust after another woman. He sees that as adultery. That's why Jesus came to grace us because we need his grace. I will preach this. Amen. Or... Pluck it out. You want, you want Jesus or you won't pluck it? Did he mean literally pluck your eyes out where you can't see? No, he meant remove what is causing you to see the wrong thing. And it's that severe that it would be better if you can't do something about those eyes, get rid of them. Because death is the ultimate penalty. Can I preach in here? I know I'm preaching. A lot of preachers won't preach this. Elder, they scared of this. They're scared of the hyperbole. Oh, that make Jesus look too human. No, it doesn't. 
That make him sound just like his father. And it makes us know we better straighten up because God is looking at us a certain way. Jesus used extreme language because he was dealing with sin issues that could lead to death. Death is always extreme, so Christ used hyperbole to express how severe sin can be. John 14 and 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No, look at somebody say no, man. No, look at somebody else and say no, man. No man cometh to the Father except by me. This is why Jesus was so strict on it. Nobody's going to come by. He said, if anybody comes another way, they are a thief and a robber. Farrakhan can't pray for a Christian. Brother, the way you going, you're a thief. You're a thief and a robber sitting in God's house. Ariana Grande, you're a thief and a robber because God is not a woman. He would have said he was. He said he created mankind as male and female. But every passage describing God calls him him. He, capital he. So you're a thief and a robber, little girl. You don't belong in the church. Get your little panties and get on out of here. Showing your little kid legs when you get on out of here. What you doing in there? What you doing in the house of God? And what kind of bishop is letting you in there? Why is he a bishop? He just disobeyed one of the qualifications. The Bible said, let those that are without speak well of you. And the whole world is killing him for groping the girl. Took your pearls and gave them the swine is what you did. Open the door and let the devil in because you thought it was going to make you popular. You ain't getting popular. Your doctrine is erroneous. You believe Jesus only Pentecostal. That's foolishness. You ain't getting famous. Folks in your denomination don't even believe that no more. I preach in here. This ABC, I can say what I want in here. Ain't no man, no man is coming to the Father except by Jesus Christ. So you better listen to what he's saying. The law expressed God's position on our behavior uh, uh, on earth. God's perfection is very extreme when compared to our imperfection. So that's what makes these hyperboles sound so extreme because we're so extremely imperfect. So if somebody comes with a hard law, it's going to sound crazy to us because we're crazy. It didn't sound like that to Jesus and God. Because they lived perfect. Jesus lived a perfect sin-free life. I'm preaching in here. Yeah, so it's our human nature to try to soften the blow and make Christ a little friendlier. That's why they paint the pictures of him glossing and smiling. Revelations didn't have him glossing and smiling. Had the fire of hell in his eyes. Can I keep preaching? Mm -hmm. 
Because Jesus came to fulfill the law, it was his job to express in his teachings just how far from perfection we really are. John 14 and 10 says, Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Meaning what I'm saying is what God is saying. So God is extreme and um, in his belief or his idea of us, he's extreme in wanting us to live perfect and holy. You know why he wants us to live perfect and holy? Because when you live imperfect and you make immoral decisions, you mess up mankind. (laughs) Those you are responsible for pay for your immorality. I'm preaching in here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, you may have had children out of this marriage and that marriage, wedlock and divorce and all these kind of things. Well, that affects children. And it changes the way they think when they grow up. And that's what God is trying to prevent. Amen. Yeah. That's what it is. I I don't understand why people try to make it like I'm preaching against their fun. Why is immorality fun? Somebody has to pay for it. Well, yeah, you know, when I die, but no, somebody alive has to become a sacrifice for your sin. When you sin on earth, you mess up something and someone pays the penalty for your decision. Amen. So Jesus is trying to stop it all in his preaching. Don't make that decision. Don't do that. Don't look on that woman like that because then it's going to lead to you get wanting her Facebook, her Instagram account. Yeah. He didn't say when the adultery was going to occur in your heart. It could be a slow progression, but it's coming. So he spoke in a hyperbole and exaggerated it to keep it from getting that far. Man, I'm preaching in here, but y'all just, y'all don't even understand the level of this message. Y'all ain't ready. I need to talk about the funeral some more. That that hit home. TV foolishness. He said, I'm in the Father. Me and the Father one. So what I'm saying is what the Father would say. Political correctness. This is what's wrong with everyone. Political correctness is a term used to describe being careful not to offend a person so that you can get their vote. That's where political correctness, that's why the word politic or political is involved in that statement. Political correct, meaning I'm going to be so correct for the sake of the people that I'm not going to stray uh, say anything that's going to cause them to become upset with me so that I can secure their vote. That's politically correct. That's why Jesus said, beware of the leaven of Herod, a politician, because a politician is going to lie. He's going to do whatever he has to do to get everybody's vote. Amen. You know, an Obama comes just once every now and then. Everything, all the planets have to be aligned and all the Negroes have to be upset and discontent. 
Because when they all upset and discontent, you put a black face in there, they don't really care what he says or what he stands for. This man came in there doing everything that destroyed the black community, and they wanted him in. Abortion, same-sex match, everything that's destroyed Negroes, they wanted him in because he's black. Pray for him. Just pray for him. But, but, but he's, this is his policy. He's thinking about it. Just, pr- just pray for him. The Bible said you're supposed to respect those in authority. The Bible, he's, is, he, is he your president? Then you have to respect him. Respect. Okay? Who's president now? Are they praying? Are they praying for? When's the last time you saw a black church prayer meeting? Man, I had to come all the way to you, Dale. What? Black church prayer meeting for, for, for Trump? Are they praying for Trump? Bring Aretha back. You can take Trump? Is that praying for They'd rather have Aretha? Dyson up there just going off. Where's the respect for the president? Rappers coming out with videos where they killing him in the videos. You taking a knee to the flag that give it, that's giving you your freedom to take a knee. Your freedom to be on that field. To have all that money in your bank account. You're going to forfeit all of that because you mad. Because Big Mama didn't get in the White House. <laughs> this, this, this is the one. Black businesses. Revenue is up 40% over when Obama was in the White House. Blacks are doing better than they ever did financially because there's a financial guru in the White House. You got something in your house he, he owns. Hate him. Why you hate him? He's racist. Really? What did he do racist? Um, and they just said he did stuff. Really? What did he do? I mean, just stuff. What'd he do? Stuff. <laughs> I mean, he did, you know, since we're on the subject, he did the same stuff, I guess, that Obama did for black people. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> Y'all know the, you know, the, 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 the shootings in the black community, the Trayvon, you know that stuff was going on with Obama in office. But it's Trump's fault. He's the default white man. Y'all, it's, it's embarrassing. It is emba- It was so embarrassing, Obama didn't show up to that funeral on purpose. So y'all ain't finna embarrass me, Jack. Y'all already done enough. You know, there's communities in America where Obama is still the president. They, they, they won't let him go. They say, no, no oh, 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 Trump is not our president. Obama is our president. But in our society, we are taught that this is considerate behavior that shows love when you side with people. We're taught that when you side with people, you're showing love. 
So when we side with the homosexual and the LGBT, we showing them love. John 14 and 17 says, even the spirit of truth whom the world, what? Do you know why they were all crowded in that funeral? They can't receive the truth. If somebody had got up and preached the truth, I'm like, will you hurry up so Marvin Sapp can sing? You know, Marvin Sapp was singing hell if they book him. If they paying. But he said, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him what? It seeth him not. So if you don't see Christ, you can't receive his truth. Said, neither knoweth him. You can't know him without his truth. You can't separate the truth from him. He is truth. But ye know him. For he dwelleth in you and shall be what? In you. You can't sit in no funeral like that. Not with them folks getting up. You couldn't. Ain't no, adam- ain't no adamant believer sit in there. There's no way. No way. But the Bible teaches us that genuine love does what? Man, the reason I preach like this is because I have genuine love for you. Yeah. You know, a lot of y'all know me personally. You know me. You know I care about you. Do you know that? You know I could go preach something stupid and make some money. That's the end thing. Now, I could have been at that funeral. You think I'm mad I couldn't go? That's why I'm preaching this message. <laughs> That's what they say about me. They be telling Carmina that too. Oh, he's so mad that he didn't get famous. He just going against the music because he didn't get famous. But the Bible teaches us that genuine love does what? Tells the truth. You, if getting famous requires me to be homosexual, I'm not going to be famous. Uh, that's something I'm not doing. I'd be a broke, have nothing straight dude. Have nothing. Live under a bridge, sleeping on a rock, pushing a basket of clothes. My wife would be right there with me too. Won't you, would you see? She'd be right there. A female right there. Ain't no punks under the bridge. I ain't seen that yet. You ain't seen no gay homeless man. I ain't seen no <laughs> LGBT sign on a shopping cart under the bridge. I ain't seen that. Rainbow symbol. I ain't seen none of them painting a the rainbow under the bridge. <laughs> Doc, when it get to that stage, you ain't <laughs> Do you have some food? Any man woke up, start looking like chicken. <laughs> That's all I want, bro. I'm so hungry. <laughs> chicken! <laughs> if we truly love our neighbor, we must prevent their demise by telling them the true way to live according to God's command. Isn't that love? Isn't that why you spank your children? You still spank your children, right? Ain't no political correctness on the belt. We take political off and just make correctness. That's what the belt is, correctness. It will set some stuff straight. 
I got to buckle a couple of times. My daddy believed in that belt. Amen. <laughs> yeah, that's correction. Yeah. But if you love somebody, that's what you do. You don't want your kid to fall in the ditch. So you're gonna, you, you don't want them playing with fire on the stove. You're going to whip them. Man, get your hand away from that stove. That don't mean I hate you. That means I don't want you to get burned. Galatians 4 and 16 says, am I therefore become your enemy? Because I tell you the truth. In other words, what he was saying is, I'm not your enemy. I love you. That's why I'm telling you the truth. So why are you treat me like an enemy? Because I'm bold enough to tell you hardcore truth. Jesus was hated by the world because he, was, he shunned political correctness and was extreme in his teaching. Jesus wasn't into no politics. You think he cared what people thought? He would ask them, well, what do you think? As soon as they tell him, pow, he would blast them. He shunned political correctness and was extreme in his teachings, which left no room for compromise. So when you're extreme in your teaching, there's no room for compromise. You can't take what I said and change it and make it work for your good against what I said. If I say it the way it is, you can't change it. I'm not leaving room. Y'all know them folks that filibuster when they talk. Boy, I knew this one preacher like that. I used to hate talking to him. Oh, my goodness. Because after an hour, I had no idea what he just told me. Being so careful. You know, Jerry Jones is real good at that. Have y'all ever listened to him talk and ever been confused at the end? They asked you, well, who, 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 who are you going to get rid of so-and-so? Well, see, um, and um, see, and, and, well, and what we, what, what we don't want to do is, no, we didn't, I didn't ask you what you didn't want to do. I asked you, what you going to do this? Well, but you see, well, in, in these situations, what, what you'd like to see happen would be to say, like brother, I ain't we talking about what we want to see. Are you going to get rid of him? Well, you, you see, what, what you have to know, understand is, you know, what a football is made of. It's made of leather, and then they take this... Yeah, he does. He's good, too. That's why he's a billionaire. He's the best. He's the best. You have no idea what he just said. Yeah, and I had a preacher friend like that. I would ask him stuff, and so he wouldn't step on anybody's toes, because what they're doing, they're thinking about themselves, then they're thinking about how you can get them later, then they're thinking about what you might think they're saying, and so they got all this stuff going on in their head. That's why they're doing the, um, and... Um, uh, uh, they, they're just spinning it around. They're spinning it. They're playing chess, really, to see how many moves ahead they can get to make sure that, I mean, you know, it's an art to it. I know how to do it, but it's just, it's just bullcorn. I ain't doing that. It takes too long to say something. I'm just going to say it. Or just, I mean, if I said the wrong thing, forgive me. But I'm just going to say it. I would rather error that way than, than be that cautious to where people can't get a direct answer out of it. But how are you going to preach without preaching direct? Y'all ever heard a sermon that was an hour long but should have been five minutes? Brother, you stretch five minutes worth of scripture. For God so loved the world. See, four. Four. Let's deal with four. 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 It could be B4. I four. B4. Four. Four. Four, see, but you don't understand that comes from the Hebrew word for rye. 
for I. You add the I in the end. Who is it for? I. If it's for I, it's for you and you and you. I, all of us. I is for I. For God. Let's deal with God. See, that was, that was eight minutes. And then get, a, get the church pay him for that. Man, I can't be in no church like that. Dude, what? Then when they get lost in the sermon, the organs start. Jesus was hated by the world because he shunned political correctness and was extreme in his teachings, which left no room for compromise. John 7 and 7 says, the world cannot hate you, but me it hateth, because I testify of it that the works there are evil. So why does the world hate Jesus? Because I tell them when they're wrong. They hate Jesus because he tells them when they're wrong. So they can't hate you. They hate me. They hate you because of me in you. Did it look like some of the preachers at the funeral were hated by the world? No. World had them in there willy-nilly. If you're not uncomfortable with my presence in there, something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with the gospel I'm teaching but most importantly, something's wrong with the power I say I possess. The power that is supposed to be in me is supposed to make folks uncomfortable. You ever walk in your job in the break room and everybody stop cussing? Don't you love that? Oh, man, yes. But this new generation, no, no, they need to be cussing around you. That make them comfortable. No, man, I want them to apologize if they cuss. Put all the whiskey up when I walk in. Put it up. Well, drinking ain't a sin. Put it up. I just want that kind of respect. Then where you got whiskey in the break room? You're going to lose your job. You didn't put that up anyway. They on the floor playing craps. Put the dice up. <laughs> Let me finish this message. <laughs> People try to soften Christ's teachings, but the very reason he used these hardcore hyperboles was to show how the severity of our situation indicates our desperate need for the Savior. His language was so you know how much you need him. That's why he talked like that. He was letting you know how far from God you are and how much you need a savior. John 15 and 5 says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth what? Much fruit. Beautiful passage. But all oh, this next part, he extends it past fruit bearing. He says, for without me, ye can do what? What? Nothing. So he's Talking in hyperboles to show you how much you need him. Because without him, you are lost. Jesus was using extreme speech to illustrate the need for his, for his own death. So he's going, if I got to die, man, y'all going to act right. Y'all going to act right. I'm going to give my life. Y'all going to act right for this. That's what he was saying. 
That's why he talked like that. He knew he had to die. He gave his life so that we would not have to take our own life. So you don't have to pluck your eye out. I'll give my life. In other words, if we destroy the works of the flesh, we do not have to end our flesh. Romans 8 and 13 says, for if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if you through the spirit do kill the deeds of the body, you shall what? Live. Rightly dividing the words of Christ and understanding his emphasis on living right is the key to truly receiving what he taught and correctly what? Applying it to our daily lives. If any man have ears to hear, what? Let him hear. Summary! Christ expressed that all sin issues are what? Heart issues. The actions of a person are based on their motives, which would warrant Jesus' usage of hyperbole in the scriptures. But to take these teachings literally would cause us to mutilate ourselves, leave families to go back to previous families, hate our parents, Jump in the way of face slaps to get a second one. (laughs) Look for a closet to pray in whenever we needed to talk to God. The ability to easily misinterpret scripture highlights the importance for teachers of the gospel to not be novices and have a true understanding of the Bible. That's why you have a preacher, a pastor. Look at all, I mean, look at all the religions online, all the YouTube flat earth crazy folks, all the black Hebrew Israelites, they're novices. They're learning from people that can't rightly divide the scripture. They're taking everything literally. Man, if you start taking everything literally and not making room for metaphors and hyperboles and different things, boy, you're going to live a tough life. Trying to live up to the law already got you crazy. Or oh, just wait till you got to let me slap you twice. Because I will. Give me the other one. Pow! The Bible, you better, you better do what he said. Give me your jacket and your coat. Bible said give me both of them. Man. Give me some money too, man. Let me hold something. The Bible said you got to let me hold it. Give me that car, man. I need to go around the block right quick. Oh, brother, you can't drive. What did Bob say? <laughs> they don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. And how are you going to jump around the Bible and pick the stuff that you want to teach? Teaching the Sabbath. Oh, we got to have church on Saturday. We got to obey the Sabbath. Let me hold something on the Sabbath. It's the Sabbath. Give me some. Man, take me to eat. Bible said you can't refuse me. When we submit ourselves under good teaching, these hyperbolical expressions are understood and correctly taught in its proper context so that people do not do things out of order. Yeah. When Christ's teachings are rightly divided, we understand how much he truly loves us. This is not taking anything away. It's adding to. We understand how much he loves us and how he is warning us that we should stop at nothing to gain eternal life. But when we are not properly, when they are not properly applied, they cause more grief and harm than our former state. 
This is why folks leave church. You made it too hard. Serving the right Christ the right way will lead to a better life on earth as well as what? Eternal life after death. Y'all ready for some more hardcore, hard hyperbole? Luke 14 and 25. This is the one that gets, you know, we had a group of folks that left ABC. They started a little coup in here and got some folks under them and and, and, and they all, you know, called me up and was going to challenge me because I was teaching people to go back and make up your relationship with your family. I was telling them, go talk to your mother, talk to your father, love your family. Man, that's your God-given family. That's your blood relative. You love them. You treat them a certain way. You honor and respect. Man, you have to honor and respect your father and mother. There's no, there's no excuse to not do that. I don't care what they've done. The Bible didn't give you an out said, honor your father and mother. This is the first one with promise, the first uh, commandment. If you want your days to be long upon the earth, you better go and make up with your folks. Repent. Love them. This is what I, st- I when I was teaching this because I firmly believe, and I still believe it to this day, if you're a bad family member, you're going to be a terrible church member. That's my motto. So you come telling me, oh, I can't stand my family, man. I don't go around them ever go around that. Okay, then that means you're talking about me behind my back. Because you're talking about them behind their back. You have no grace for them. You don't have grace for me. The minute I do something you don't like, you're going to rat me out. Oh, I'm preaching in here. So we had a group that did that. They started this old angry ministry, taking my sermons home and trying to reteach them and add the hate and the anger in with it. And so when I confronted the brother, I was like, dude, you having a church in church? What is that, man? You having a church? What are you doing? And this is the scripture he hit me with. Oh, but see, you're wrong, pastor, about the family because we came down here because we hate our families. (laughs) What? What did you just tell me? We hate our families. You wrong, Pastor. You, we, you're, not supposed, you're supposed to hate your family. I said, where did you get that? Jesus said it. Luke 14 and 25, he said, and there was a great multitude with him. And he turned to them and he said unto them, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. I said, so you hate your wife? She's right here. Does he hate you? Well, well, you, you know. No, no, answer the question. You hate these children of yours? Y'all, y'all, y'all daddy hates y'all. What? No, daddy, we don't. Yeah, he hate all of y'all. What? No, man, see, you taking it out of context. I'm taking it out of context. So you got a bunch of folks under you that hate their parents at the church right now that's about to leave with you. And I took it out of context. Why didn't you come ask me? This is what I asked. Him. Why didn't you come ask me about it? I'm a pastor for a reason. I can rightly divide this and tell you what it meant. That's why you got to have somebody right about it. As soon as he left here, he went and grabbed the ministry to teach that old black foolishness. You can't hate. You, do you know what he's saying? He's saying you don't love anything more than me. That's what that word hate means in that 
context. How did he say later on, love your wives as your own selves? Provoke not your children to wrath. Any man that says he loves me and hateth his brother is a liar. Love your neighbor as what? As what? He said, don't love yourself. According to this. These folk are, I tell y'all to stay off YouTube all the time, don't I? Because that's somebody got mad at a church and went and started a ministry online. And they can't rightly divide it because the gift to rightly divide isn't given to everyone. It's a gift from God. Everyone can't be a pastor. Everyone can't lead a flock. Everyone cannot rightly divide all scripture. These are gifts and callings that God gives to men. Not because they're angry at somebody. Whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot what? The reason why he said bear his cross is because he wanted to take something as painful as a cross. But he didn't mean you literally have to carry the cross like he carried it. It wasn't literal. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of the Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124 or donate online at exministries.com.